0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: This is the Tribune Audio Network. Chawa, Kuchimale. Hinyons, here they come. Hinyons, here they come. Chawa, Kuchimale. Binyon red. See you Mardi Gras day. Don't be dead.
0: the beadwork, the music, the dancing, a riotous and joyful combination of history and culture. If you've seen anything about Mardi Gras in New Orleans in the past few years, you have seen Mardi Gras Indians. Tribes from all over the city take over the streets every Fat Tuesday and compete to see who has the prettiest suit. Until fairly recently, Mardi Gras Indian culture was a closely guarded secret. Now the Indians are seen as cultural ambassadors. Mardi Gras Indian Eric Burt is taking us behind the beads and feathers to talk about what it means to mask Indian and to carry on such a beautiful and unique tradition.
1: the indians early and first you had a bonus call gang coming through to wake you up beating on your garbage cans cause you know we had 10 garbage cans back then and they would wake you up and then when you get to the door you would see these indians coming through with these beautiful feathers and beadwork and regalias on and and that fascinated me the culture of of of, of the mighty Gras Indians started way back and i think it was 1897 so we really are over hundred years old. Back in those days, we didn't, we wasn't allowed to participate in Mardi Gras, so we had to do our own thing on Carnival Day. But my mother wouldn't allow me to mass Indian because back then it was, it was violent, you know. Right, they were real gangs. It was real gangs, you know, and and, and, and they and fought. It fought. Yes, they fought. They. Killed. They did a whole lot of stuff, you know, um, thanks to big chief, chief of chiefs to the Montana. He squashed that. Matter of fact, he died in front of the council fighting for the rights of the culture of the, the, the Indian culture.
0: You know? Right. And to me, just sort of, uh, you know, I grew up in this area, seeing the Mardi Gras Indians always from afar. I guess on some level, I thought, OK, people riding parades there in costumes. This is sort of the same thing. I didn't realize there was such a spiritual element to very it. Very
1: spiritual. Very spiritual. If you ever get a chance to attend uh, Indian practice, which usually ha- starts like the first week of January, every Sunday and different different clubs, different places around the city, and everybody goes from one Indian practice to another Indian practice. But the spirit that you will feel in those Indian practice is amazing. You know, you're talking to me right now, but when I put a suit on, it's a whole nother level that we go to. You know, um, as as they filmed me one time, they come, I think it was two years ago, and they caught me that, that early that day, and you could tell just just by the energy that I I was throwing out to the people that all right this is something totally different from the Eric B we see sitting in the office you know, and we see that we I saw that really live on TV
0: when Tony Montana when he collapsed immediately the, these chants came up oh yeah Indian
1: Red Indian Red and- Indian Red went to everybody went to singing Indian Red you know that is the prayer for the for the carnival energy the Mardi Gras Indians. And when you come to that,
0: that sort of spiritual element, you're looking at, um, you know, years of oppression and being excluded from from the rest of the city. And then all that energy, all that,
1: that, all that build up, that build up that build up and you feel it today. Do you feel yourself kind of connected? Oh, to yes. The ancestors touched us. You know, we had to paint our face red just so we couldn't be recognized <laughs> I, maybe your boss, you know, or whoever you was working for, or whoever you lived amongst, you didn't want, they didn't want you to know who we were because we had to hide our identity when it first started. Now is you know, it's a cultural thing. It's a big thing. But back in the days, you know, it, it really had to be a, a secret component. we letting more and more of our secrets and, and our tradition out. But at one time, you couldn't get none of it out. You really had to sit. With a tribe, you had to sit with a big chief for at least two three years before they trusted you to even give you the information on how to sew, what it takes to sew, where to get the beads, what we, where to get the feathers, how to put it together. We call it building a suit, and to build these elaborate suits takes a lot of time. A lot of money and a lot of knowledge that's been passed down from years to years, and that's a
0: sort of a crucial distinction for me. Looking at it, um, you can fly in from Indiana, pay your
1: dues, hop on Bacchus, and you're part of Mardi Gras. Right? Uh, you can't. You can't get in. You can't just come in. No, you can't just walk into the Indian culture like that, into a tribe like that. So when you approach a suit, you said uh, it can be anything. You just you
0: you just have to tell a story. It Doesn't matter what the story is.
1: Doesn't matter what the story is most people stick to you know the indians meeting the pale face and all this kind of stuff here but like my last suit was a suit dealing with the, the zodiac sign aquarius the purple and i had the water barrier on a native american water barrier and i also had an aborigines water barrier on the drum you know, the suit before that was a Rasta suit, which was the first time anybody ever really seen uh, a, a red, green, and gold suit sitting on white with Rasta, the, the the line, the conquering heart of the line of Judah on it. Everything was in it, you know, and people just was amazed by it. I even had a Mustafa on my crown, you know, the, the face of a lion on my crown, and everybody was like, wow, man. It's just been until this day, people will come over and they'll see it, and they'll be like, wow, man, they've seen it three, four, five, six, seven times, and they'll still be amazed at it because of the work that we put into it. I mean, every bead you see, which is thousands and thousands, we touch every bead. Our fingers turn the calluses from sewing, you know, and that's that's the best way to tell if you're sewing or not. You look at the fingers them fingers are beat up and you know they're sewing you know and and you sit there and the physical like what you're actually doing you're you're
0: putting the needle through that bead and then you're tying it on and you're, you're going to the next bead and,
1: and you're going through it sometimes we take rows of beads but you're tying them down to that to that canvas some of us sew on canvas like the uptown indians they sew on canvas Downtown Indians sew on cardboard, which is harder to put that needle through. So, yes, you can definitely, you, you, blood, sweat, and tears is what you're going to get. Definitely going to be, definitely going to have blood, sweat, and tears. So
0: as you're on the days when you're building your suit, you go to work, you go about your day, and you come home
1: and you just sew. All night long. All night long. I just finished creating a song called I'll Be Sewing. All night long. And this is true, sometimes you have some people that's so by candlelight, you know I mean, we put it in our music, the chants that we do, even our chants tell a story of what we've been through, who we've seen in the past, when you hear us singing to each other that's what we done. Oh, I remember that time in ninety three you came out blue and yellow and green, you know I mean, but it's always telling a story of what we've been through.
0: You've been masking for about nine years now? This is my ninth year. Because yeah. your mom really didn't want you to
1: do it, but. It was, well, you know, back in the days, masking Indians wasn't a safe journey. <laughs> You know, the mothers didn't know if their sons was going to make it back home because it was violent. But because of the big chief, the chief of chief, Tootie Montana, he changed that. Him and Monk Boudreaux and a couple of others, that that, they changed that to beat me with a needle and a thread. outsold me. Yeah. Who the prettiest, you know, and and nowadays— it's it's beautiful because you don't have that stigma hanging over us where you know you still have a little bit of that lingering but for the most part my thing is uniting us all together cuz i know once we come together then we really can control the culture of the indian, the indian world <coughs> It's, it's primarily men right, right. Uh, it, it, it's mo- it, it the tradition started out with just men but now we have queens that are holding, you know, holding the ground and, and putting the work in, and and, and they're like, we don't want to be in the back no more. We want to be up front with y'all. So it's it's changing and it's, it's evolving, which is a beautiful thing because the queens bring a whole nother level to the Indian culture when we out on the streets, Mardi Gras Day, St. Joe Day, or Super Sundays. These are the times you get to see us. And really, it's
0: sort of one of the amazing things about New Orleans and how we have have owned so so many different aspects of, of culture. Uh, you know, if you were a kid playing tuba uh, in the middle of nowhere, not in New Orleans, uh, that's a dorky kid that's somebody. Or if you were sewing, if you just wanted to sit in your house and sew, no, no, no. But no, no, no. You come to New Orleans, you're a, you're, you know, tuba fan. Yeah, it's, it's a whole and nother. Level. Once again, yeah. we
1: on a whole nother level because of the culture of New Orleans. You know, <laughs> if you see my shirt, I am the culture of Nola. You know, and 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 that's the amazing part of. The culture here is that people come from all over the world to see see the culture, hear the culture, and also taste the culture. You know, so that's one of our major tourist factions right now.
0: And when you come, when you're talking about hearing it, one of the other shifts, uh, Mardi Gras Indians didn't, they weren't always musicians. Some, like when they started off, I mean, there was always, uh, there were always chants, there was always sort of a musical component, but now it's like. You've got all... uh, If you're a Mardi Gras Indian, you're a musician too. You're playing something. Truly, truly, yeah. It it melded at some
1: point. Well, you know, that came in with the practices, you know, because nowadays, if you're masking... And you go to an Indian practice, don't go in there without a tambourine. Everybody has to play the tambourine. And me, myself, you know, I'm the drummer, so I'm holding the, the drum down. But there are times when we'll go back to the old days where it wasn't a drum. It was just tambourines, you know. Once again, we're talking about the the history and the culture when blacks were not allowed to, to create that sound in the street. They weren't allowed to do So we had to make tambourines and make everything that we use to play out, uh, to play the music with.
0: And those drum beats that you're playing today, I mean, there's a direct line back to Congo Square.
1: Not only just Congo Square, but we actually traced it all the way back to Ghana. I had the pleasure of going to Ghana, West Africa, and we heard some of them same syncopated beats in the, the dances. That's what was amazing. We saw him doing the same dances, playing the same rhythms that we were playing over here, and we never once met until we, you know, till I went over there, and it was it was mind blowing. And you just came back from Russia with some Artigo Indians. Well, not only just the Indians, we did the jazz thing too. We did the whole cultural thing in Russia. Yeah, and that was a beautiful experience to to you know, cause you hear, well, watch out for this, and blah blah blah, blah and politic this. And it wasn't none of that. The people loved us. I mean, they were jitterbugging and 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 bouncing around like we was down in the quarter somewhere having a good time. And it was mind blowing because they literally we actually asked a couple of Russian musicians to come up and play with us. they were are like, no, we don't want to hear them. We want to hear the real, the, we want to hear y'all play. So we had to take it to the Sixth Ward. Well, you know, and they got up, started dancing, and it was just amazing to know that they love the culture and they knew about the culture. And really, I mean, it's the, that's
0: the um, universal language, right there. You're the music. connecting, right, and, and that connects us, right. And I've seen so much, so many connections just on the street. You know, you you, you come out, and like you were saying earlier, you're in this other place. You know, you're you, you're connected to all this energy, and you see somebody, and there's this this moment when the crowd just connects
1: to to the massacre and, and it, it's beautiful. I mean, like, it, everybody loves to see when two Indian tribes meet. 'Cause the energy right. that comes from out of that circle is amazing. And a lot of Indians, when they meet, they don't remember what they've they've done. Because the energy, the spirit just comes over you and it takes you to a whole nother level. So once you get in that mode, you know, it's it's just and the people that are capturing it, especially if they're filming, uh, they're videoing, and they're capturing it, give us a chance to go back and see what we was doing. Because really, the spirit takes over you. And, I mean, performers, any kind of performer gets into
0: that as well. Like Truly. when you Artists. You really, art, artists. Artists. It's that art. It's that art. It is that art. And so you were talking earlier, so you created a position essentially as drum chief, but you're also the tribe chief? Trail chief. Trail chief. Trail chief. Could you break it down? So
1: the big chief is at the top, right? Well, okay, let's break it down how it goes. First, in the front of the tribe, the first person you're going to see in the tribe is the spy boy. He's up front. He's scouting. He's checking to see if there's any other tribes coming. And we don't talk to each other. We throw signals to each other. We use hand signals to relate. After you see the spy boy, behind the spy boy is the flag boy. He's carrying the flag. He's letting you know what tribe it is. Okay, after the flag boy, you may have a wild man which is the protector of the big chief. Now, in the middle, we used to put our children and the queens in the middle so they're protected. They got spy flag up front. You can have as many as you, as you want, you know. And then the behind them, you may have the second chief, the big queen, and then the big chief. And the big chief is the leader of the tribe. But behind the big chief, there's somebody watching his back. And that's me, the drum chief, or the trail chief. And that's what he does. He's making sure nobody runs up on the back of the the big chief. Protect the big chief at all costs. And that's sort of a relic from those dangerous times. Truly, truly, truly. You always had to have your back protected. And they always tell you in Indian practice, don't turn your back. Don't turn your back. You know, you always, if you're going to meet, you meet each other, but then you step to the side where you can still see each other. But you never turn your back on Andy. And I've seen different things. um, uh, You know, some people have
0: swords, some people, well, machetes and things that are also. I've seen a shotgun. uh, Shotguns dressed
1: up. (laughs) Back in the, once again, back in the days, all that. But it was necessary because it was such a violent event. You know, but nowadays we don't do, matter of fact, we make make our shotguns out of wood or cardboard. or uh, We'll make a, a sword out of wood or cardboard now. You know, so it's not, we're trying to change the image of it so that it's, because we have so many use. I just taught a class um, two days ago. And the teacher was like, you really need to be a teacher because we grabbed the children's minds. And it was so interesting. We never seen them respond to our guests when they come in and talk. Some of them might fall asleep. You know, they don't have too much to say. But these kids had questions. They wanted to know things. And that's the main reason we wanted to clean it up was to make it safer, not just for the Indians, but for the people that follow us, the children that are in it now, and then make it a safe haven because it's such a beautiful art.
0: And how do you see the culture right now? Are there enough kids that are involved to really keep this going? Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. As a matter of fact, I'm in the process of just finished trying to get uh, all the funding together, so I'm getting ready to bring the next generation of Indians to Europe. And, um, they're so excited. They're so excited. But if you go to my, my page, Eric Burt, you'll see me playing a drum with a little bitty baby boy, four years old. And if you see that expression on his face of him trying to get it right, because that's what he he wanted. He wanted to get it right. He could just beat the drum, but he wanted to play it exactly like he heard it and what he saw me doing. And it's it's that type of inspiration that lets you know that the legacy will carry on. And what are the, the types of
0: songs that you're playing? I mean, the the what are what do you consider to be true Indian
1: music? New Orleans music. So anything it's, in that umbrella. In that umbrella. New Orleans music with a chant. That's the Indian vibe. And tambourine heavy tambourines. Heavy, heavy tambourines, but Mostly it's talking about things that we have experienced in New Orleans. What we're realizing is the next generation wants to do more than just the traditional chant. Now they do the traditional chant. Don't get me wrong. We don't get away from that because that's authentic. And a lot of times when we do play gigs, that's what a lot of the people want is the traditional chant but now that we're you know influencing it with different types of music and, and putting different sounds on it it's creating Oh, an energy that's, that's beautiful because we're branching out, you know, we're spreading out. And I love it because it's the next generation that's doing it along with us.
0: Okay, so uh, it sounds like the Indians are in a really great place. And Truly. there's definitely been a lot more worldwide attention, definitely since Hurricane Katrina, shows like Treme.
1: Treme. Well, Treme actually put the Indian culture on the map. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was until Treme that... The, the 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 response from the world was like, We wanna see the Indians. We wanna see the Indians, we wanna see the Indians, and it blew out. So we wanna thank Tremay and of course um our native actor, um Wendell Pierce, Pierce. Wendell Pierce, which is a good, good buddy of mine's we all come out that um that Punch Train Park area. But I want to thank them for exposing the the culture to the world. And truly, after Treme, the Indian culture just took off, you know. Well, can you
0: sort of expose us to a little bit of that culture as we wrap things up? And and you've got your tambourine with you. Can you do a little
1: bit? Well, I'm going to do a little something. kuchimale. Hingons, here they come. Hingons, here they come. Tawa! Could you mind, Indian Red? See you, Mardi Gras day. Don't be dead.
0: <laughs> this has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.